Welcome to the Extra Podcast, a production of Northview Community Church in Abbotsford, British Columbia. Your hosts, Jeff, Ezra, and Thalia, will be discussing the Bible, relevant issues, and current events each week. At Northview, we love to study God's Word and discuss how it applies to our lives, but we try not to take ourselves too seriously. So feel free to laugh with us and at us as we try to challenge and encourage you in your faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Extra Podcast. My name is Thalia, one of the pastors on staff, and I'm joined by Ezra. Hey! He's our mission campus pastor. Jeff is away, and so we've asked Josh to step in. Hey! Josh is our producer here, quietly sits at the table every week. Yeah, that's right. Josh, tell us a little bit about you. Oh, well, there's so much to say. <laughs> um, I My parents immigrated to Canada uh, in the 80s, and when I was born in 95, we... From where? From, from where? From Brazil. I'm, so I'm you're Brazilian? There. Yes, I'm both Brazilian and Canadian. Were you born in Brazil? Born in Vancouver. So you're Canadian. That's right. But Brazil doesn't think that way. So yeah, technically, you're, I'm in you're the, Canadian. Technically, I'm in the Brazilian army. Do you army, have a Brazil so. flag hanging in your house somewhere? Uh, my parents do. Okay. I don't know. Don't so have he's not totally ring, Brazilian. He should have a flag. He's Canadian. Yeah. Yeah, he's so Canadian. <laughs> and Josh, you've been married for what, a month now? Yeah, just over a month. That's fantastic. Yeah. Happy one month. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So mm. we have to get started with a question of the day, something to warm us up. Okay, you guys. Bungee jumping or parachute jumping out of a plane? (laughs) I have a classic response, but the Brazilian will go first. Okay. I have to say I kind of hate both of those because I am not a heights person. So uh, I'll say bungee jumping because at least there's a a rope tied to me. Totally. So. Ezra? Okay. You know, I will go with stereotypes here. Like, black people, we don't do these funny things. You know, like, what on earth? Why would I jump out of a plane? Like, just think about it. I take off on a plane, and then I jump out of it. Yeah. Like, this is not something we do. Ezra, I don't or, know about, like, color. Like, white people. I'm oh, like, they're man. crazy. Let's oh, yeah, it's white people crazy. Or, for example, like, uh, bungee jump. I've never done anything like this before. No. Now, I will say, I will say, though, <clears throat> if I had to choose one... To do one of the two, yeah, I think I would skydive. Like oh. I would be terrified, yeah. But I think that would probably be the most fun. Bungee mm. jumping, I don't know. Like it's almost like roller coaster ish. Like, <laughs> like you just uh, this rubber band looking yeah. thing, yeah. and you boing, you really hope boing, that that holds. boing. Like, yeah, you, just... you're praying it holds. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, but I mean, jumping out of a plane, yeah. you hope the parachute actually totally. deploys. Oh Otherwise, uh, the ground would embrace you a little bit. Too fast. Yeah. Too fast. Uh-huh. So, so what kinds of extreme sports have you guys done until now? Like what's the most extreme thing? I, rock climbing, I guess. I got into it a little bit. A yeah. friend a friend dragged me into it, uh, but I didn't I didn't get very far. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> I did zip lining in Whistler. I'd probably say that's probably the most extreme. I don't know. I am, let's just say I am a safety first kind of guy. Yeah. Um, I don't ski because I don't know how to. Yeah. And I don't know if I would wake up one morning and look at the slopes and look at the snow and think to myself, That's cold. Let me, let let me the, go try skiing. Yeah. That thought has never come to my mind okay. ever. What about, mm-hmm. what about like, would you go... A whitewater rafting, you know, on a boat. With I've a... done this before. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's but pretty only, close. Only Ezra. once, yeah, but I was working with young adults at a different church. Uh-huh. And uh, they were all pumped and excited and everything. So we went to a whitewater rafting thing just past Boston Bar. Mm-hmm. And we did this whitewater rafting thing. I mean, it was fun, 
but ridiculously cold. And we had gone there. We booked this campground for, I think, two nights. Yeah. But my goodness, it was so cold. I had no camping gear or anything like that. And I was kind of thinking, ah, we'll sleep. It'll be warm. <laughs> yeah, it will be warm. I was so not prepared. It was a very bad experience. Ask me if I've gone back again. Ask me. <laughs> Have you no. gone back again? No, no. Would I? Mm, I don't know. Fair. Okay. Well, we have a fun topic today. Sure. A couple of weeks ago, I was a guest at a class at CBC, Columbia Bible College here in town, taught by David Workington, and the class is called The Church in Mission. So during this component of the class, the students are asked to go and visit a variety of church models, all different kinds, and in the model this or the section that I was visiting in, they were asked to go and visit mega churches. So they mm. could choose. There's Northview, which is us. There's Willingdon, on West Side, the Village. There's a variety around town, well, around the Fraser Valley. Mm. And so I was the mega church representative. And they had all kinds of questions for me that I have for us. All right. Yeah. So I'll give some of my answers and then see. I've sp- so listeners, I'm springing this on Ezra and Josh. So we'll see. <laughs> I have I had no to, idea. I had time to think about these before I was I at the class. I have no idea what you're going to ask. Yeah. So there are about like 40 students in the class. Yeah. And uh, it was great fun. So that's where it comes from. But before we talk about that, we should probably give a little outline on our church background because I haven't been at Northview my entire life. So being at a mega church, which is technically 2,000 regular attenders on a weekend, which Northview would be a mega church, I didn't grow up here and I didn't grow up in this kind of church model. And I know that you two didn't either. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that a little bit. Ezra, can you give us a bit of a brief background about where you've come from, the kind of churches you've been in, the sizes and stuff? Right. So growing up, I uh, grew up in the Anglican background. So my mom and dad were Anglican, or at least we used to go to an Anglican church. Um, and back then, I was, I wouldn't say that I was a Christian because I was a Christ follower. I was more Christian because I wasn't Buddhist or Hindu or Muslim okay. or anything. Mm-hmm came to Saving Faith and I began attending a Baptist church because of people who were instrumental in my coming to Saving Faith, um, they went to a Baptist church. So I went to a Baptist church that was about, I'm going to say about 1,200 people a weekend, something like that, two services, um, actually probably 800 and then it grew. And then from there I went to another Baptist church and that one was big, that was mega, that was almost like Northview. This is still when you're in Kenya? Still in Kenya. So okay. it was Northview size. Okay. And I mean, in Africa, uh, depending on what country you're in and all, and, and all that, there are m- many churches that it's not it's not a surprise to have like four or five churches within the same capital city with at least five, mm. six, seven thousand people. Okay. Yeah, it's not, mm. it's not uncommon. A lot of people go to church. That doesn't mean that they're actually uh, disciples of Jesus in terms of how they live their lives, but uh, people are definitely... Um, warm to other gospel, they'll go to church, that kind okay. of thing, but may not necessarily live for Christ. So <clears throat> that's the background I come from, from Africa. I left Africa, went to Scotland for a bit, and I worked in a Presbyterian church, a Church of Scotland there. And that church had, on a good Sunday, maybe 40 people, and me, that's me mm. being generous. That's okay. babies, teens, moms, grandpas, yeah. all in. 40 people, and that's me being generous. So I okay. served in a very small church. I was, uh, there were many Sundays, many Sundays where I was the worship leader yeah. and I was the usher. I was the communion server <laughs> and the preacher in one Sunday. Yeah. And I did that for many, many, many Sundays when I was there. Okay. Um, and then from there came to 
obviously Canada. Started attending um, a Pentecostal church in Langley, a big church, mm -hmm. uh, CLA, many of you know. So I used to attend there. I love the singing. Being an African, I love the flamboyant kind of like, oh, they're yeah. getting into it. So that was a little bit a reminder of home. So I went there. They had wonderful worship. I think they'd be a mega church. Yeah. Right? CLA. Over 2000. Yeah. And at the time, they were big. Yeah. They were big. There were tons of people, multiple services. I think two Sunday morning, one Sunday yeah. night, one Saturday night, I think. They there now was... have multiple campuses. Right. Yeah. Right. So I went there. And then from there, I was introduced to North Langley Community Church uh, in Walnut Grove. And North Langley was what you would call a mid-range church. So it probably about... By the time I was going to North Langley, there were about 800 people attending at the time, uh, divided into two services. So that's where I, that was my first foray into the MB church. Mm -hmm. um, so I began serving at, uh, at North Langley. Um, my wife and I were married at the time, and we volunteered with young adults. So did young adults as a volunteer. Then I became like a sponsor. We became sponsor couples. And then I came on staff. Uh, as a pastor of young adults there. And then from there, I went to Willingdon Church in Burnaby, where I was the young adults pastor there full-time. At North Langley, as part-time, so full-time at Willingdon. And I was there for about three years. And Willingdon, obviously, mega church, like mm -hmm. on Sundays. If you're ever in Burnaby at around 9.50, around just BC, yeah. uh, BCIT. BCIT. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The sea of people yeah. leaving Willingdon and a sea of people mm -hmm. coming in. So... Um, the the first service ending, the second yeah. service starting, like it is just a remarkable testimony it is. to this city. Just to so how many people are going to this church. Yeah. It's a huge church. At the time I was going, there were about 4,500-ish people. So they yeah. were the largest church in the Fraser Valley, Lower Mainland. And then obviously from Willingdon, I joined Northview. And I've been here since. So good times. Yep. Okay, Josh, give us your background. Okay, well, um, so... Obviously, I don't remember when I was super young, but uh, I remember going to Brazil around uh, age uh, five or six. I had been there before, but um, and joining my parents' church in Brazil, where it was uh, around a hundred people, and but it was very much um, community oriented. Like the 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 preaching was important, but almost equally as important was hanging out afterwards yeah. and talking for a few hours. So people think the Mennonite. People around here are they linger, but in Brazil it was like hours of just hanging out and talking, and me going like, and "Can food, we?" Food, yeah, you. and food, yeah, lots of cookouts, lots of churrascaria, lots of meat. Um, it was great. Uh, I had, um, and then we moved back here and uh, went to a couple MB churches because my family has been in the MB circles for a long time, and then um, uh, ended up going to a church and experiencing a, a church split. Mm -hmm. uh, which jumped us into um, a series of church hopping for, for quite a while, going from everything to um, 600, 700 people to like churches of like 100, usually kind of going wherever people would invite us. And yeah, sort not of, quite finding a fit. Yeah, said. yeah, sort of like spending a few weeks and then realizing that, oh, something isn't quite right with us. Yeah. Um, and then getting drawn to a different church until finally I was around, I think it was in grade nine, we came to Northview and okay. that sort of was like the fit and okay. it sort of satisfied all the things we wanted to be satisfied with. And Would you yeah. have thought that Northview was a mega church when you came? Um, I, I mean, the, the term mega church never really crossed my mind, um, probably until like I don't know, a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. So no, not really. I mean, we, we also ended up going more to like center court, which, which is 
like 100, 200 people anyways. Yeah. So. Yeah, one yeah. of our venues. Yeah, yeah. Right. People are surprised that Northview has a variety of venues going on with different sizes. So West Court at the back has 200. The main sanctuary can have up to 1,200. Not mm-hmm. usually that many people there. Yeah. Sunday night service is like, what, 50, 60 yeah. people? And then, mm-hmm. well, now we have Mission Campus. What is it, Ezra? About 400 to 450? Yeah, depending on, a, on an average Sunday of yeah, 450-ish. Yeah, one um, service so yeah, far. One service so far, but we are thinking about two services because yeah. now parking, parking is becoming a difficult thing. Yeah. yeah, and East Abbey has about 250 adults per service and then mm-hmm. 100 kids. So we're getting close to about 700 on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So there's all these different sizes within Northview. So someone mm-hmm. coming, if they entered the main sanctuary, they might think, oh yeah, mega church. But if mm-hmm. you entered at the back, the little services, they might not. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay, so my background, I grew up at a small Mennonite church in Vancouver, 100 people on a good day. And it was great. Community was really important. But my church was half hour from my house. So Mm. it was only a Sunday morning thing, or at least a Sunday like lunch as well. Mm. We didn't have anything during the week. So you didn't see your friends during the week. Then when I got married to Mark, I was in my early 20s, I joined his church because it was bigger and they had a larger young adult. So there's 250 people at his church, German service and English service, Hmm. and 30 young adults. My home church only had three of us the same age and we were all girls. So that that wasn't going to help me (laughs) very much. So you guys were really close. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So Mark's church had a, a bigger group and so I thought that was great. And then after a few years, we realized, well, we couldn't really afford to live in Vancouver for a long time. So we thought we better find somewhere else. And Abbotsford was a little bit cheaper at that point. And I was working in Abbotsford. So it kind of made sense. We would try it for a year. And during that time, we had a lot of fun. We about six months or so church hopping, like you said, Josh, mm-hmm. checking out Pentecostal and Alliance and little Mennonite churches here. And mm-hmm. we tried Northview and that was, oh my goodness, it was scary. It was so mm-hmm. big and so really? polished. And yeah, it's like, <laughs> well, I come from a hundred people. So. Right, right, <laughs> oh right, right, right. But in the meantime, as we were church hopping, Mark got involved in the men's ministry here. And what happens when you join a men's ministry? Well, you meet friends. Mm -hmm. So he met another accountant and they invited us to their care group as they called them back then. Now we call them community groups. And then we met a group of eight people. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we have some friends at this big church. Let's go there because the other churches, we had no friends because we were new to town. So that's how we got involved at Northview. But I probably, we would never have picked it because it's so different than how we grew up. Mm-hmm. But we picked it because we had friends and all of a sudden we were learning from right. the messages. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's dive into a little bit of the questions. Mm. Yeah. Josh, you had a question. I do. So um, being in leadership at uh, a quote unquote mega church, yeah. um, what are some things that you find edifying um, in your lives being yeah. in the leadership? Ezra, you want to go first? Yeah, I think um, I think the the, uh, the beauty of being in a large church is the the amount of resources that mm-hmm. you have to do ministry. So a, a good example would be as a campus pastor in Mission, uh, our church, our Mission Campus, is the largest church in Mission. <clears throat> now that comes with uh, obviously the positive and also. I don't want to call it a negative, but I, I would say to him who much is given, much is expected. And I know the Lord mm-hmm. is the one who is uh, blessed Northview, blessed the work of our ministry, is the one who's growing our ministry, and therefore he has given us at the Mission Campus four talents. But then I look at a lot of our pa- a lot of my colleagues, my peer pastors in other churches, um, who are struggling with, on a good day, 40 people or 80 people, you know, just small churches... 
uh, outreach is expensive. Mm-hmm. And so then the question becomes, do, can they even run a day camp? Yeah. Can, they, can they hire someone who can work with the youth yep. who are just around the neighborhood where the church is? And they can't. Um, but for me at Northview, um, I'm not necessarily concerned about uh, how much a program will cost, but I'm more so, is that a strategic move on our part? Whereas many pastors are always struggling, wondering, can we afford it? How yeah. much? Uh, and and will we be able to pay our hydro bill? So yeah. in many ways, there's a huge blessing uh, for, for me as a pastor to pastor a church where it's large, the resources are available, and now I'm just strategically thinking, how are we doing ministry? Yeah. And uh, how are we using the resources to reach the community with the gospel? Yeah. Mm. Uh, which is not when I was in Scotland in a small little church on a good day, mm. including kids, the only 40 people. Yeah. <laughs> community outreach was the last thing in my mind, at least yeah. uh, an outreach where you have to spend money. Yeah. That mm. was not not even in my radar at all. Well, I feel sorry for my pastor growing up who had, you know, 100 people, and he's the only paid staff person that has to do all the funerals, all the mm. weddings, visit all the people in the hospital, and prepare a message, and, and, and. And mm. do the bulletin, <laughs> and yeah. print yeah, totally. it, yeah. and cut, and fold it. Uh, yeah. I did all these things. Uh-huh. Yes, so Where I know. We have a team, like you said. And of course, I'm totally biased because my training is in counseling. So the fact that I can be a counseling pastor here at Northview and work with people going through really difficult times, muck Mm. I call it, is a gift. You can't do that in a small church. They can only have a preaching pastor who does all the other things. Maybe they can add a youth pastor or somebody to work with kids or an admin person. But after that, you're pretty stretched for resources, like you said. Whereas to be able to work sort of in our specialties is an incredible gift right. here at Northview. I will say, I will say there's a, there's a number of, so, so again, just me going back to my uh, Scottish back, <laughs> Scottish experience, I almost said Scottish background, <laughs> that would have been funny. Uh, so going back to my Scottish experience, I would say like uh, being there, so I would vacuum, mm-hmm. I would dust, mm-hmm. you would wash what needs to be washed. You would clean the window. So there was no custodial services, things like that. A lot mm-hmm. of people who came to this church were seniors. And so obviously they have all sorts of needs and so on and so forth. So you have to care for them. You're the janitor, the preacher, <laughs> yeah. the, the the worship leader, and so on and so forth. The, the administrative assistant, you're the counselor. Yeah. You're all things. And, and this reality is the reality of so many pastors mm-hmm. in smaller congregations in the yeah. Fraser Valley Lower Mainland here. I know. Mm-hmm. So on the flip side, what would we say, Ezra, are some of the negative sides of being in a megachurch? Yeah. <laughs> the negatives we won't of throw being... anyone under the bus, but yeah, there are yeah, negatives. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah there, there, are, there are negatives. I think um, one of the... I don't know if I'd call it a negative, but I'll just say it's a challenge. There's always the assumption that because you're a large church, then you have to pay for everything. Mm-hmm. Right. So there are many mission agencies that would come and they'd look at Northview, they'd look at our budgets. We are very transparent with what yeah. our budgets are and things like that and the amount of giving. And again, the people who call Northview home and our listeners even here, uh, thank you so much for your generosity and mm-hmm. how you give to the ministry and to the work of the Lord. God bless you. Mm-hmm. And so, But then the challenge then is, how do we as church leaders steward the gifts that the, the 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 monies that have been given for ministry to the church? So you'll have all sorts of agencies who will come and ask, and in many cases you may have to say no to I some. Mm-hmm. And 
you're saying no, does it mean that their ministry is less important? No, all ministry is important. Every single one of those ministries is important. The only question then would be, is it strategic for Northview to be partnered with all sorts of ministries all around the Fraser Valley, Lower Mainland, and around the world mm-hmm. to, to execute uh, what these ministries are trying to do? And my answer to that is no. And so it becomes very hard to look at someone who who's been called by God to do what they're doing and they're seated right in front of you pitching their, 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 their ministry to you and you're seeing it doesn't strategically fit with what North is trying to do. And then you'd have to gently say no. And it makes it even harder if that person is a member in your church. Or a friend. Oh. Or a friend. Yeah. Then it, it, it even becomes more challenging to, yeah. are you going to maintain the relationship even after you've officially said, you know what, we really appreciate what God is doing in and through your ministry, but at this point at Northview's history, that's not what we are doing at this stage. Maybe later on, but right now the answer is no. That's hard. It is. That's very hard. One of the negative aspects for me goes back to the team again, because really enjoy the people here, but if you're going to be a team, that means you need to collaborate and brainstorm and sit together and have meetings. And sometimes I'm like, you know, I just like to do it my way. Why do I have to sit with all of you and get all your ideas and (laughs) meeting after meeting after meeting and emails after Uh, meeting? The collaboration. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. sometimes that's a bit exhausting. Yeah, it can be. It can be. It can be. And particularly for for people who have a strong leadership bone. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, and if you if you don't have the authority to make that that call in that particular area or uh, in that particular uh, group, well, like even for me, like I have great ideas, and then I'm like, but I have to check with Paul and Vic and Diana, right? And then I have to run it by somebody in senior leadership team, and eventually has to go to the elders, and everybody has to say yes. In the meantime, you're waiting, and you're like, but I could just do this, but we yeah. can't because we're a team, yeah. which is the positive side and mm-hmm. the negative side, right? Yeah. Any other right. negatives we'd add? To being um, part of a mega church, uh, I, I think I, again, just going going back to the resource issue. So, for instance, I've been involved in many um, mission trips, and I've uh, partnered with various mission agencies through my journey. Mm-hmm. And so, there are many mission agencies and many missionaries who I know do a lot of good work. And so when, when we are talking about how do we support missions, how do we support missionaries, obviously I know this guy or this girl or this agency, they do remarkable work. But now the dance is to keep my biases away from this decision and not yeah. try to drive the, congr- the conversation yeah. to go to where I want to go just so that my friends or a ministry that I have an affinity with yeah. gets the support that, um, that they probably need. Yeah. They do good work. Yeah. But the challenge now is how do I remove myself yeah. from, some of those, from some of those things? Yeah. And then a pitfall, I would say, would be the idea of... Um, Walking around with a puffed up chest, feeling like, mm. "Oh, North is a mega church," yeah. therefore we are we are doing it right. Whereas church such and such that only has fifty people, eighty people, there, yeah, the pastor is not quite uh, maybe gifted enough or mm. talented enough. Therefore, there are eighty people. So, yeah, they are not as good as we are because look at how many people come. Right, mm-hmm. and yet 
and yet the scriptures continually remind us it is the Lord who brings the growth. So North is not where it's at because we are awesome failure. No. Mm-hmm. No. You are awesome though, Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I, I, I'm not. Uh, but if you left Northview for some mm-hmm. reason or other, God mm-hmm. would still do his work here. Absolutely. Whether that's grow it yes. or keep it the same or whatever, yes. yet is his yes. church. It is It is the Lord's church. Yeah. And so the idea that, whoa, if Ezra left, Jeff left, Thalia left, Vic left or whoever, oh, then what will happen? What will happen? Yeah. No, this is the Lord's church. Mm. Yeah. And all we are is just custodians of his church. And yeah. so he can bring another custodian from the yin-yang and this person would just take over and the ministry would continue to thrive, if not exceed what our expectations are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for the three of us, what are some of the positive things we hear from people who come to our church, maybe visiting for the first time or maybe just starting to get involved? What are the positive things they think about being part of Northview? Hmm. Brazilian, go first. Well, um, I'd say like our outreach, I think uh, when people when, when people know that it's Northview, they're generally pre- pretty happy with it, like the Cyrus Center or things that we're involved with. I mm-hmm. feel like that's sort of on the side of um, people, things that people are happy with. But I have to say, most of my interactions with people talking about Northview aren't super positive. Oh, <laughs> but. oh I would love to hear that. <laughs> I would love to hear that. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. What would you hear as some of the negative things? Um, a, a lot of it is... Uh, crit- well, like last episode of the of the podcast, there's some criticisms about whether or not the spirit is actually at work here because of the types of things that that they think they should see, um, but don't. And especially a lot of people, I f- sort of have the feeling that they hear the word mega church or large church, and just from there jump to, oh well, they must not be doing things quite right because of how successful they are. Right. Um, whereas my church, we're doing everything right and the Lord is disciplining us, right? Ah, so we are enduring this time of discipline because we're doing it right uh-huh. versus them who are um, puffed up, right. you know? I get a lot of people critiquing the fact that they feel like a number or mm. this feels like a business mm-hmm. or organization where they're churned in, churned out, that they can't get to know the pastors, they can't get to know maybe mm-hmm. as many people as they'd like to. And I would mm-hmm. agree that's a negative side because... I can't get to know all the people that attend here. Where mm-hmm. I could in my small church growing up, you could get to know all 100 people and they knew you by name and they mm-hmm. knew your family and all kinds of things. But now that's a little bit harder. Right. Yeah, I think if if uh, for, for someone coming into Northview and desiring to have a lunch with Jeff, yeah, the likelihood of you having a lunch with Jeff within a year, that's hard. Yeah. That'll mm-hmm. be very difficult. Uh, but I think at the same time... Maybe maybe this might be, and you guys might push back. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. You can push back to to what I'm about to say here. Um, when when we look at church ministry, and you look at a mega church versus a smaller church, I think if you're in a mega church, we have to run ministries differently. Mm-hmm. And I think we believe we at Northview, and I think most churches would believe in the priesthood of all believers. Yeah. So. If this is true, which we believe it is true because it is biblical and scriptural, the, priest, the priesthood of all First believers. Peter, yeah. Yes. So this means then that uh, if someone is sick in your community group, does Pastor Vic, Pastor Ezra, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Kyle, does any of these people, will their prayer have more power or more influence into the 
into into this situation than your community group leader or your community group just rallying around this person mm-hmm. so i think the there is there is this uh, uh idea that if pastor Ezra didn't visit me then the church didn't visit me mm. yeah or if pastor Thalia didn't yeah. talk to me then the church hasn't talked to me yeah. but this is um this is a false a mm-hmm. false way of thinking yeah. i think we every single one, one of us jeff as lead pastor thelia care pastor vika skip all of us pastors and Joe congregants mm-hmm. the people who come and fill up pews and they sit and they worship and they give and they listen to the sermon we are all the church yeah. so if someone who attends the church came to visit you because you fell off a ladder mm-hmm. or you you are going through some sort of a crisis if they visited you then the church visited you. Yeah, we're really working hard to have right. that mindset. Right. Mm-hmm. The but church visited it's, you. It's a little bit hard cuz the mindset I came from growing up was that the pastor does it all. Right. The pastor with the title of pastor. So now if you come to Northview for the first time, your perception of the pastor with the title is the one speaking behind the pulpit. Right. But Jeff or Ezra or Greg, whoever's speaking behind the pulpit, their their job here at our mega church is to teach and teach well, which means a lot of hours of preparation put into that. Mm-hmm. So there's other of us that are on the ground to go and meet with people and to do that care pastor work or the prayer or the things like that. But that can take a bit for people to kind of go, oh, mm-hmm. so I can't meet with Jeff, but how else can I get to know a pastor here? Yeah, And if you join a Bible study group at church or if you serve in some way, you will get to know the pastors. It just doesn't look exactly the same. It's, mm-hmm. It takes right. a bit of time. One yeah. of the things that uh, a lot of people have said, a positive thing that have, they've said about Northview is when they come here, the preaching or pulpit ministry is yeah. really good. It so, is. I mean, you listen to Pastor Jeff. I listened to him last weekend and I was just like, wow, mm-hmm. what a phenomenal sermon. Like mm-hmm. It was yeah. a great sermon that he preached. Yeah. But Jeff took a good 20 hours at least, yeah. crafting that sermon. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is the, 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 the pastor of that little church at that street corner by your house with 20 people or 30 people or 50 even, who doesn't have a lot of staff to support him, that pastor, not only will he visit people and, and do all the jobs that we've talked about, but then he has to prepare the sermon. So that pastor will prepare maybe a sermon four hours of his week will be dedicated to sermon prep. Obviously, Jeff will run circles around that man, that individual when it comes to the pulpit well, because Jeff in. has more our, time. Our listeners won't realize, but it's not Jeff in isolation. Mm-hmm. It's right. Jeff doing the 20 right. hours, but he has previewed the sermon with a variety of his teaching right. team, so they're all on the same page. Right. And then they review each other the next right. week to make sure they're all in alignment right. and they can improve it. Right. If you're at a smaller church, who has time or resources yeah. for that? Yeah. So, so the gift of being part of a bigger church where you have the resources and the team mm-hmm. to strengthen you, and then you have people like me who can do the pastoral right. care right. is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it enables, so mega churches enable pastors to specialize. Yeah. So you would specialize in care. Jeff will specialize in uh, the preaching. Kyle will specialize in leadership development. So it provides pastors the opportunity to specialize or in many many little churches uh you don't have a hired children's ministry pastor no so a lot of families would come to Northview. Why? Because, man, our kids love it here. Why? Mm-hmm. Because there's someone who's been hired all week. 
to prepare and cut the craft and pick the lesson and choose the songs for the kids to come and to love Jesus. Yeah. In a small church, it's nanaweens yeah. who mm-hmm. now will try and do it as a volunteer. Yeah. And she barely has any resources for music or crafts or things like that. So there are positives of mega churches, yeah. but also um, some dis like some disadvantages. Yeah, I would even of, say of mega church too. Like I've it, um, in my community group too, we've had lots of conversation about this. Like, what is the role of a congregate congregant? Um, especially coming from the mega church, because it's really easy to go to a church like Northview where we have all these things and our pastors mm-hmm. are specialized and we have someone hired to do ch- children's ministry to come in and feel like it's all taken care yeah, of. Yeah, true. And I really don't need, there's, they don't need me. Yeah. I, I can just come and then you start to hear phrases like, oh, I'm not a fan of such and right. such worship leader. That I'm whole not consumerism f- right. mentality. And then, you, yeah, you have, so you have this idea of church is for me yeah. to, to f- get filled up. That we right. felt like that when Mark and I first came here. We felt we were a little bit thrown off by the polish and the professionalism. Mm-hmm. And we both had played pianos in our church growing up, accompanying all the hymns and all that kind of thing. And we have a decent level of piano playing, but coming here, it was like, oh, I don't know if we can get involved. Right. What, which people don't realize is that we now have places where people can learn. You can be on a band and learn the skills, mm-hmm. whether it's children's, youth young adults, middle school, women's ministry, we all have these bands where people can learn and grow. But mm-hmm. when you first are confronted with that, when you're here for the first time, you're like, mm-hmm. whoa, I can't do anything because they're all right. so professional. Right. right. Yeah. See, um, I would say, yes, these days, I, I do agree with you mm-hmm. uh, regarding the the idea that people may feel like, wow, the church is so polished, therefore there is there isn't much for me to do here. That can very much be a part of people's attitudes. However, I will say there are opportunities and the onus now rests on the pastors who are leading various ministries mm-hmm. to structure their ministries in such a way that the lay people, the laity, the people who attend, the members can have opportunities where they can get involved. So a case in point is yesterday I came to precepts just to see. Yeah, the, the women's, women's Monday night precept. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. <laughs> if you've never seen this, this is something beautiful. Yeah. So I walk every single classroom in yeah. our church, every single classroom. Because well, it's in almost two hundred women divided yeah. into wow. smaller groups to for the first hour to study and discuss it. Yes. And then they meet in the worship center all together right. and they worship and they study right. it. And so I came in, I was walking down the halls of our church and looking room after room, and I would see these ladies. You would see grandmas uh-huh. and teenagers uh-huh. and everyone in between with their Bibles open, mm-hmm. and they're studying the Word of God. But what is remarkable, though, is you, Thalia, have been involved in the leadership training. Crystal is involved in leadership training, and some of the other lay leaders have been involved in the leadership training. So training women to be table leaders, group leaders, and then they would give talks at the end mm-hmm. or things like that. So opportunities being opened up for women to minister to women in that context, it is remarkable. Remarkable. It is and remarkable. That's everywhere. I mean, you can yes. be youth leaders and yeah. be trained. You right. can serve in the kitchen and be trained. And be trained. So it takes a little bit of effort, right. right, to get over that initial, like, I'm not needed. And then to realize, well, actually, a big church needs lots of people yeah. oh, involved, lots. ushering and tech and kids' right. ministries and on and on and on. 
Or if you want the vacuuming carpets and、uh, stacking chairs, you <laughs>、yeah. can come to、That's、the、right. East Abbey campus.、Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's I right. need people for、East、all、Abbey、the、plug. different jobs. Right. East Abbey. I'll put in the East Abbey. <laughs> yeah. We, need, we have 130 people needed every Sunday. Just to make it go、mm-hmm. from 6 a.m. set up till we lock the doors at, at 1 30. East Abbotsford? Yeah. 130. 130. Yes. Wow. Hands and feet and、mm-hmm. voices on the ground for everything. Like, I literally vacuum carpets and empty garbage cans and collect signs. And I try to get other people to help me and make sometimes that's more successful. Make my middle school kids go <laughs> clean up after、wow. class. <laughs> Josh teaches middle school, so I've got、yeah. them involved in yeah, emptying the garbage、right. cans and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because we, we literally need everybody to be involved. Right. So, I think it, it was very easy at Downs Road, even for myself, to have a little bit of a lazy mindset.、Mm-hmm. You know, for me, being on stage, I'd come in, of course, put you walk into tag, a room, I'd take、all. a microphone, and do my thing. Because we have facility people and we have people、yeah. doing coffee. But East Abbotsford, that's us. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You're、that's、the people.、Right. We are、yeah. the people. <laughs> You're the people doing the stuff. Okay. So, that kind of gets into some of the critiques I hear about community. People、mm. will say, oh, I can't get into community. I can't develop community. I can't make friends、mm-hmm. at a mega church. So, how would we respond to that? I think the first thing is to say it is true. Yeah. It is true.、Mm-hmm. It is very hard to break into a community in a mega church.、Yeah. And, and the reason for that is, I think, so for example, Thalia, if I come to, to East Abbotsford, and East, East Abbotsford is not a mega church, but it's a big church.、Mm-hmm. Like you guys are just shy of 700 people. I know. Yeah,、mm-hmm. so you're a big church. Yeah, yeah. So, if I come to, to this church and I see you, And I see Mark there, and I'm with Tamara. Would come, would stand, and we begin to visit a little、mm-hmm. bit. I haven't seen you. Did you go on holidays?、Yeah. How are you doing? How are your kids?、Yeah. Oh, they're in college right now. Talk to us. How's life with kids now in college and you guys at home and all that? What, you know, Mark, how's your work doing now and all、yeah. that? So we, we are visiting, and it's good stuff that we、yeah. are talking about. But here's Josh, who's just. Maybe a neighbor, and he was told, Hey, this this church. So Joseph decided to come with his, with his new bride、mm. to East Abbotsford, and he's there. But Ezra s e e n t h e l i a and Mark. And so we are visiting and we are talking about good things. And for us, we don't mean, we don't intend、right. on being snobbish. We don't intend at all.、Yeah. Like we're friendly people,、yeah. but I haven't seen you. But now, what is Josh feeling?、Mm-hmm. What is Josh? Thinking there, he is with his wife, and they're like, Wow, these people are. They're thinking they're old people, and I'll go find some young people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or they're thinking, Man, no one is even saying hi. Right. Or everyone's looking at us, but、yeah. not talking. But,、yeah. but not talking to、mm-hmm. us. But then at the same time, you and I, Josh and his wife, are the last people on our minds, not in a bad way. Yeah. It's、mm-hmm. just that we are visiting,、yeah. we, are, right. we are having community. Around it, your maple bacon scone,、oh, by、I、the know, way. I know, amazing. That is a good scone. I know. Yeah. For those listening, if you've never been to East Abbotsford <laughs> campus, oh, yeah. please go to. The baking is incredible. This baking is worth the visit. It's the, between the two services. Even have vegan options. Yes, I think. This is at least dairy free.、Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It is a remarkable, remarkable scone. I would say to people that in a large church, you have to be patient, you have to be willing to try different things. So, like, you might have to try one community group.、Mm-hmm. And if it's not a good fit, you might have to try a second community group or a third community group, and that's totally fine. Or if、yeah. you come to a women's Bible study and you sit at a table of eight women, that might, might not be a good fit. So, you might、right. need to try a second table.、Mm-hmm. So, we want people to be willing to try things here because that's one way to find a group. 
But when I look back to my small church of 100, I think it was hard then too, because we were well known to each other. We had been friends for a long time. There were family connections. Mm -hmm. So I know that new people coming in found it really hard to break into community because it was already established. Right. And I don't think that's the right. case at a mega church. You can always find places where yeah. you can be part of a group. The fastest way, the fastest way to make community in a large church like Northview is to serve. I that's know. right. That's true. So yeah. if, if you are just willing to serve usher, coffee server, yeah. work, serve in the, like just join a team that serves. Mm-hmm. That is instant community right there, yeah. like instant. Yeah. You're, you're ready an insider. Yeah. You will meet people. They will know you. They'll talk to you. They'll invo- Why? Because you're all serving together. It becomes very difficult to break into community if all you do is come on a Sunday. Yeah. Absolutely. Going to the massive uh, worship center, listen to the sermon, and then hang around the the foyer, you will not meet anybody. No. The next best way, I keep telling like young adults, for example, is to join a young adult community group and be there faithfully. Because if you're somewhere faithfully, Mm -hmm. people start to see your face, know your face, say, hey, you were missing, and you get known. But if you kind of go sporadically to anything... You won't be known, and people don't count on you, and they don't look for you. So I'd say you have to go to something fairly faithfully. Okay, so let me ask you this question. There are people, there's someone probably listening and thinking to themselves, okay, so what is faithfully four times? What is faithfully six times? Mm -hmm. Now, if I keep going there, and I just feel like the fifth wheel, like they have insider jokes, they have stories of experiences that I don't even know, so the study is great. We've studied together. We've mm-hmm. prayed. And now this is the after the event. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's just milling about and they're talking and they're laughing and all that stuff. But I have no idea what this is. It can become a little intimidating yeah. to go back again week after week. So my, there. you can push back on this. Sure. You see what you think. I usually tell people probably within three times, you'll know if there's a group you could fit in. Mm-hmm. You'll have a general idea of whether this is a good fit. Mm. After three times, if, you, if this is a good fit, I'd encourage you to go as faithfully as your schedule allows. Because, of mm. course, we get sick, we have shift work, we have stuff. Mm. But if you go regularly, people watch for you and they look for you and they look forward to you coming. But if after three times, it's just not, you just can tell this isn't a good fit. Yeah. Well, we have more groups. Mm-hmm. So you can try a women's Bible study, a men's Bible study. You can young adult group. There's seniors Bible yeah. study groups. Vic has one on Wednesday afternoon. Like there's all kinds of options, mm-hmm. which my small church did not have. It was Sunday yeah. morning and that was it. Yeah, I think um, I think serving is the most important thing first before trying to get plugged in and, and trying to make friends right away because most of my good friends that I've made here, I actually, I met them on the worship team. Yeah. And, or I met them ushering at Apologetics. And that was my link that sort of held me into the community groups. Yeah. Because I, ha- I already had a bit of a connection. Yeah. And, and this is coming from someone who came to Northview for six, seven years b- before I felt connected to anyone. Yeah, it and a can lot take of, a while. Yeah, and a lot of coming to church after I started, go- I stopped going with my parents, cause, right? Because yeah. I want to leave my parents behind and be, yeah. you know, my own person. Of course. So I wanted to sit with the young adults. And I've sat alone at church and painful service of just looking around, trying to make sure mm-hmm. you you fit in or you're not. And I like a couple years of that until I finally was like, oh, I should get involved at NYA. Yeah. Young adults. And then I, I got 
plugged in with a great community group leader and had a huge community all of a sudden out of nowhere. And it was because I had put away my prideful sort of like, I want it my way. I want to just show up and have everyone, everything come to me. Yeah. And it was like, okay, I'm going to have to put my nose to the grindstone and go serve when I really don't feel like serving. You know what is interesting? What Mm -hmm. you just said there, I was talking to someone and this individual told me that, you know, yeah, North is very difficult for someone to come and plug in. And I asked them, so, okay, talk me through what you're like when you come to church. So they come to church and everything, but then they they don't go out of their way to shake hands with anyone mm. or to ask people, hey, I'm so-and-so, who are you? And that's, that takes a little bit of courage. It does. To, it does, to yeah. get out of your shell yeah. and actually extend your hand. But their expectation is someone else will notice them and come and talk to them. Yeah. So I'm waiting for you to come to me and talk to me. Yeah. But then the blind spot for this dear friend of mine was uh, they don't realize that the other person as well is not as outgoing either. <laughs> totally. So mm-hmm. I'm not outgoing. Yeah. I've been at North a long time, but I'm not as going either. So I, there's no way I'll come and just shake, my, shake your hand I and know. invite you out for lunch if I didn't know you. Because you might be surprised, but most of us on staff are scared of people too. Like I actually (laughs) have to take a deep breath and straighten my shoulders and go, okay, I'm walking into women's ministry. I have to smile. Really? Oh, yeah. And I have to look around and who's kind of somebody I can say hi to. And I feel that inside, I never feel confident. Even now, Mm -hmm. seven years on staff and out of 20 plus years at Northview, I still have to take a deep breath and go... Okay, let's go say hi to somebody because it's yep. not my natural. Praying for so God if, to uh, so stop Thalia, the dumb if words. You, <laughs> if you were not Pastor Thalia, care Pastor Northview, uh, if you walked into a big room with people you don't know, the likelihood of you putting yourself out nope. there, nope. No, you just I'll go find somebody that kind of know and kind of just go stand there and hi. You got real <laughs> awkward yeah. and, you know, you'd want to go with awesome. a family member or something. Like it's... It's a huge effort to go and actually approach someone you don't know and say hi. But it does get much easier. It does. It does. And I know that it's worth it, Mm -hmm. which is why I keep doing it, because I actually enjoy it now, even Mm -hmm. though it's still uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, they're worth getting to know. People right. have different stories. And, all and you meet things. such great people yeah. that yeah. after a few years, you're like, man, I'm t- totally random. Just yeah. walk up to this person and now I have them over for dinner. Yeah. And mm. it's great. It's mm. great. Yeah. Okay, well, last thoughts on a mega church. What have you been dying to say the whole podcast? Uh, no, I, I honestly thank the, I thank the Lord for Northview. I thank the Lord for what he has done in, in, in the life of this church. But the big reminder... North is not North because North because of the people or the elders. It's not because that the leadership is awesome. Mm-hmm. No, North is what it is because God, God has chosen to bless Northview's ministry. That's not to say that's not to say that churches that are smaller than Northview that God hasn't blessed them. No, 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 no. God also is profoundly. Mm-hmm. blessing the ministries of smaller churches, even 40 people who show up. Mm-hmm. God is profoundly working in the yeah. ministries of those churches in ways that we may not even know. I know. Mm-hmm. It's true. So, like Thalia, you worked, you were in a church of less than 100 people in yeah. a good day. Mm-hmm. And look at how that church shaped you. I know. Here you are. Yeah. And those friendships so. are still very important and encouraging me in my faith today. Right. One of those 
couples that are good friends with my parents came to East Abbey a couple weeks ago. And right. seeing them there and seeing, knowing that they've known me since I was a toddler and they have been, they've seen my faith journey the whole way along. Right. So that small church is yeah. important in growing us. Right. So is our large church. Yeah. And so even thinking about Nofi then with John Pazook, John Pazook was one of our teaching associate um teaching associates at Northview a number of years ago, and uh, he was with us for about three years and then transitioned. He's the lead pastor of the Whistler Community Church, the only church in Whistler. So if mm-hmm. you go skiing up there, for those of you ski who ski, <laughs> who are crazy enough to do this, go and visit John Pazook. John Pazook is not a small church, yeah. but man, uh, John got his big break in pastoral ministry by being coming through our teaching associate yeah. program. So had we not been a large church, then John would never have gotten that opportunity to work with us for three years, get the experience he needs, which led him now to be hired as the lead pastor in, in Whistler. And yeah. we thank God for John and oh, his absolutely. ministry there, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, my final word would be, uh, if you are lonely um, in a big church or a small church or wherever, um, pray. Mm. You are never actually alone, and God will listen to your prayers of loneliness, um, and he will be faithful to you. Yeah, that's good. Thanks for joining us today. We hope to hear from you. See you next week.